1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, everybody. We are here again with Aurora and Kristen on Barely Filtered, and we have a very, very special guest, the biggest diva we've ever had on our show before, (laughs) and she happens to be directly related to me so as a modern day female entrepreneur olivia it sh- olivia hates how i say the word entrepreneur did i say it to your liking this time it was better no rory you usually say entrepreneur okay entrepreneur. <laughs> that's incorrect as a modern day female entrepreneur olivia culpo has been utilizing her platform creative prowess and skill set as a dynamic leader to shape the fashion beauty and lifestyle industries having amassed over 5.2 million followers across instagram mostly robots just kidding. <laughs> Olivia Colpo has asserted herself as a force to be reckoned with across all these industries. Olivia grew up in Rhode Island alongside her tight knit Italian family and is now based in LA. Continuing to expand her ever growing repertoire, this multi hyphenate talent has been successful in a variety of creative and professional endeavors,
2: Aww, which thanks.
1: includes lots of other things. But most importantly, she's my little sissy. Um, Olivia, thank you so much for being on time today. This is so unlike you. You're welcome. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Olivia is
1: the biggest diva we've had so far on the show. Um, she came with an entourage of not one, not two, but three people. Um, she she's one of the things you might not know about her is Olivia is codependent AF, but <laughs> seems to utilize these relationships in order to in, in, in order to help everyone around her grow. Oh, I thanks. think yeah. See, that was a compliment. That was nice. That was nice. <laughs> that was nice. Um, but but enough with all that stuff. I mean, everybody knows who you are. If you've seen our show together, we did The Couple Sisters, which is on HBO Max. So I feel like we get a little bit of you there. We get a little bit of you on your Instagram. But like, I'm here just to really dig deep with you because I know. That you probably share maybe ten percent of yourself with the world. And I just like what is that? Why do you feel the need to kind of guard your guard yourself? Like you're not known for being the influencer or and I know you hate that word or or the personality who's just like sharing everything about their personal life. Is that on purpose, or are you just scared?
2: I think it's on purpose because it pigeon in a way it can pigeonhole you. I don't know. I always feel like, If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. You, on the other hand, my Aries fiery sister, (laughs) you do before you think. And I feel like as a Taurus, I'm just like really cautious. I mean, and I don't even really totally believe in the horoscope stuff. But I think I'm just really cautious. I don't want to give too much because you can't take that back. But your shtick is definitely different, and I really admire it. Oh, Yeah, I mean, for sure, both of you guys. I think for me, it can just be, yeah, I think equal parts scary, but also equal parts leaving a little bit for myself.
1: Yeah. I think actually what, what exemplifies that perfectly is when I told you a couple of weeks ago that my psychic told me that I'm going to have a third child. And I was like, can you believe it? And you were like, uh, yeah, Aurora. No, like no shit. It, like you don't really think before you before you do things like you're very impulsive and I was like what kind of reaction is that but it's true yeah. like you think I'm just gonna have like another kid just like you know on some act of like just haste and here you are no kids 30 how old are you One 30 you're 30 30 almost 31 <laughs> a couple months and you don't have kids yet and I know you would love to have kids so like what's the hold up
2: Well, unfortunately, unless you know of a sperm donor, (laughs) I do, preferably one that is athletic. And I'm just kidding. I'm thinking like cream of the crop. No, well, because I'm not married yet. And I, in a traditional sense, do want to wait until I get married. I want to be engaged and then I want to experience that. I want to be married. I want to experience that. And then I want to have kids. That's just what I want. But I think it's Different for everyone. Both of you had your children first, and like yeah, us. you have yes. the best family. Yeah, so I just want to note that no you rules. called
1: Christian McCaffrey's sperm the cream of the crop, and I'm finding <laughs> that no, to I be very ironic. <laughs> it kind of is, though. If you put it on paper, you're like, this is an ideal he's sperm donor.
0: Got he's got the creamiest crop. He's got Stanford education. <laughs> yes. He's a good guy. And Olivia I and I and Tyler and Christian, we call ourselves the Unicorn Squad because these guys are actual unicorns. You're not sure if they exist, but they're true testaments that. Great guys really do exist. But you had to I literally know. ride a few donkeys before you got to the <laughs> unicorn, right? I absolutely had to kiss but a few toads. I yeah. wanted—I actually want to talk about that because pre-Christian, so pre-C, you—you know—you dated, you've had your fair share of toads, like you said, and you've been pretty open on the Colpo show about having essentially an abusive relationship. And I remember when I first met you, you were an entirely different woman, and you've completely grown and transformed. And you're so good. The number one word I would use to describe you as graceful. You handle everything with grace. So I want our listeners who might be going through a breakup or a tough time or losing a job, like how did you get out of that you know, part of your life and how did you transform and what tools did you use?
2: It was really challenging, I think, for anybody that's ever been felt in the grips of a relationship, you really can't get out of it. And I think looking back in hindsight, it was truly an addiction. I could not break this horrible cycle that I was in and my self-esteem just continued to plummet. And then all of a sudden you are just a shell of a human and you're not yourself, anything, everyone around. Like I was completely dominated by this person because I wasn't myself. I was just, you know, someone beats you down so much mentally. And then you just become you come susceptible to that treatment and it doesn't stop. And you become addicted to the highs because the highs are so good, but then the lows are so low, you know, you're not supposed to be in it, but you hold out hope for those small positive moments. And I know a lot of people out there can relate to this and it's very emotional. And I'm so grateful that I got out of that, but I feel like for me, it's funny. I remember working at it a lot, really trying to just love myself enough to get out of a, very 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 bad situation and really truly at the end of the day I just remember writing down constantly like mantras praying on my hands and knees just please help me I would just repeat to myself God, please give me the eyes to see and the ears to hear. And I'll never forget, I was in this hotel room and I was praying on my hands and knees saying, God, please give me the eyes to see and the ears to hear and just writing it down, writing it down. And I was praying to like everybody in our family that had gone before, like Aunt Sina, Grandma, like that we never even met, like my grandfather, like, and I'm not even kidding you. It was just like this instant that I, it was like the wool. The wool
1: was removed. <laughs> From <my No>. eyes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's just basically on my hands and knees praying, to everybody up above. And in an instant, it hit me all at once. I was just so sure I was done. And from that moment on, I never saw the person again. I I never I blocked the person. I got a new phone. It was over. And like, it was truly a miracle that I experienced in my life. And if anybody, I, I read a lot of books during this time. And I never really believed in this come to Jesus moment, but I truly had this complete shift and it was in an in instant and it was unbelievable. Bro.
1: I do believe that, there, that that can happen that way. Like the fog gets lifted and, and you just like, some external force is now colluding with you to give you the strength to make the decisions that you know are right for you. I do wanna note this funny story because you say that you never saw him again, but I remember I had just given birth, I think to Soleil. and. Olivia and her new boyfriend Christian were coming to visit me and I was like shit I don't have any diapers so I like called her and I was Mm. like can you and your new boyfriend stop at the store and pick up diapers meanwhile they like just started dating and here they are like shopping for diapers down the aisle and you'll never believe she bumped into the ex-boyfriend well I think he was following me well (laughs) I don't know what are the odds he did not even live truly truly can you imagine but he bumped into Christian and Christian was carrying a like a bundle of diapers Like, I mean, it's just like could not be more perfect because, like, I'm sure he had so many questions. And I just remember you telling me, like, the dialogue they had where he was like, because I was called spade a spade. The other boyfriend also played football, but not very many people play football as well as Christian McCaffrey. Probably nobody a lot would argue. And so, you know, you bump into your ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend who's better than you are at your career. And he's just like, hey, I mean, it is. It's funny. Come on. And he's just like, hey, uh. You, you had a good season. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Okay. Well, I'm going to check out with these diapers now. Okay. All right. Bye. <laughs> I I mean, mean, such yeah. a bro exchange.
0: But I think too, like, as I said, with you being so graceful, Christian is as well. He is such a man in every sense and kind of a dream for any girl. So also tell the viewers, like you said, you had this come to Jesus moment. And we were just talking about this. Anyone who has a transformative tra- chapter in their lives, they kind of have to hit rock bottom to look in that mirror of accountability, recognize their own wrongdoings or things that they can learn about themselves. So tell our listeners too, like that rock bottom and how you got out of it. I know you mentioned prayer and meditation, but also how Christian helped you as well, because that takes a confident man to to kind of go through that with you and that growth. Well,
1: and also just not manifesting another version of the same relationship, which I think a lot of people do over and over again. And Christian is such a 180 from the other people that you've dated. So like, how did you you find this relationship with this nice, normal, stable person interesting after riding that roller coaster for so long?
2: I think that I would, I mean, that's such a good question because I know a lot of people maybe end up in the same cycle because the highs are so high and the lows are so lot low and like you really do have to break that cycle but I think that with Christian there was definitely a, a lot of PTSD because of that relationship and I never really talk about it because it's I, I, I don't really like I, I mean first of all I don't want to whatever it's hard talking about somebody and also it's kind of scary because that person is scary but I feel like with Christian there was there was so much PTSD and and on For, your part. Yeah, and just even like the, the, the first year, the first six months, I mean, there were moments that I would cry to him because I was just I was reeling at that point and also I was so upset with the version of myself that let so much of my time and energy put into somebody else. I was also scared in a way of of like maybe Christian being capable of doing something like that to me and like you want to give your heart to somebody because you really <laughs> love them but You're not. You're not really whole after something like that happens for a really long time. And I have to say, like, I picked the best partner ever, and we would pray together. I mean, even stupid things that I'm honestly a little even embarrassed (laughs) that that we have in our relationship because I should be more confident and stronger than this, and I'm not super proud of this. But like, he has his location on all the time. He has his red receipts on all the time. Like, I needed those things because I one thing would trigger me and i would spiral and think back to the days where like i would just be up waiting until like five in the morning while my boyfriend was literally just like cheating on me with like Mm -hmm. tons of people it's like it's hard to it's hard to just you know be be naive and think that everybody's going to have your back when you go through something like that because you really do figure out that like wow like people are capable of really horrible things.
1: Yeah. And also, I think it's an important message for the listeners too. like you heard Olivia say that she does have her boyfriend on red like he has red receipts on for her. He has his location for her. Like a lot of men would be like, "Okay, this is too much. This is a red flag. And like the thing or it's controlling. And I think it's always important to not apologize for the things that you need to feel secure as long as they're not coming from a place of insecurity about that person but just from a place of like personal healing and he knows that it's not personal to him but it's just something that he's happy to do for you because you're still healing from things and I know like me coming out of a divorce like they say you know the first relationship you have after a divorce is a shit show because you know you're you got a lot of baggage and you got a lot of trauma and like ain't ain't nobody's gonna be able to like really handle that just yet and you can't expect them to but I think it speaks volumes also to Christian just that he was patient with your process and didn't take it personally that you needing a red receipt or a location on him um, spoke anything about your trust in him necessarily oh
2: yeah and he really did his research and now he knows he knows all about the cycle of abuse he knows about the push and pull he knows because for a lot of people out there even I'm sure some people listening it's like why wouldn't you leave when somebody breaks your things breaks you know is scary as, you know, threatening and horrible things that I'm not going to get into. But like, why would you stay with that person? Like I was hiding things from people. I was, I didn't want anybody to know what was going on because I didn't want to be away from him because I was addicted
1: to him. Well, and also from an outsider's perspective and an insider really, because I was there for the whole thing and you were going through the whole trauma of it during my wedding, thank you very much. And uh, (laughs) like you were believing, I think part of that Problem in that, like getting so enmeshed in the gaslighting and all that, is that you would send me the things that he would write to you, and like you you were like, Roar, this isn't true, right? Like, you were kind oh, of yeah. starting to believe the things that he would say. And these are things that, like, I've dealt with in my relationships, just belittling of your career, belittle. These are the guys who, like, they want the hot bikini model on the internet, but they don't want you posting hot bikini pictures on the internet. It's like, the math ain't mathing, buddy. No, okay? yeah. Like,
2: that's really how you become the person that can just be completely controlled because you, you yes, you do start to believe those things and your self-esteem plummets and right. then... All of a sudden, you are that person, not only to yourself, but to that user. And then, like, you know, yeah. it's, just, it's a horrible cycle. But then you, you're you so low, you have such low self-esteem that you, you crave those dopamine hits of finally getting the love. Mm-hmm. And so it's this constant battle of, like, oh, when's the next high going to happen? When's the next high going to happen? And it's like, it's such a high. And, like, without getting into the details of all of it, don't get into the details of all of it, Aurora. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It it's just kind of crazy, and I and but like Christian read all this stuff, and he he like under started to understand the cycle of this, and like why. And, and how, okay, it wasn't easy for her to get out of it because of this. And, I mean, it really is like it
1: We never could actually pinpoint, like, I, there were these images and, and we, me, Sophie, and our other friends, we'd be like, that's him. Like, that's his hand. That's the bracelet he was wearing on that day. But, like, we could never, like, fully pinpoint, like, he cheated on you that week and we know. And we didn't want to come to you with, like, half evidence. So I feel like you were always kind of like. Well, there was. There were a few times, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean there were, and and I feel like it's an important message for women too to understand. Like, you know, a guy cheats on you, and then you see the girl go back, and you at that point, like, a lot of the friends are just like, "Okay, listen, I'm not going to stand by you anymore because like you're just going back to the same thing. You already know he cheated on you. Like, why are you going back to that?" People start to get very annoyed, right? And especially Olivia, you are super stubborn, and like you will have us on the phone for an hour giving you advice, and then take absolutely none of it. And my Aries us is like, "What the fuck, Like you didn't listen to one thing. I gave you a plan and you didn't do it, but like it is, it's a process. And, and until you're healed in, in until you're ready, you're not ready. So I feel like just give your friends the grace to, to come to terms with this stuff on their own time. And it's not always the day they find out that the guy cheated because, you know, they're, it's oh you yeah. Might, they might not be done then. And I cheating. think too, yeah, with
0: sure. your journey, I think this is so great for our listeners because they look at you, uh, see your Instagram, and like this girl's perfect, has everything together, and you're da- you're pretty damn near perfect, honestly, if I do say so myself. But <laughs> no. I've seen the journey. I'll never forget you calling me in Milan at Fashion Week, and I'm like, here I am with like kids like shitting on the carpets and she's in fashion week. I want to be her, you know? And sh- you just never know what someone's going through.
1: Never. So I think
0: it's actually probably refreshing for our listeners to hear like, wow, she went through something I've been through. Like not everyone is perfect. So going back to like, you know, you were so like just not confident within yourself, right? Like ha- now you're so healthy, you're so mentally right. And you give back to others. You're so, You're just a ball of wisdom and always positive. How did you get to be where you are now in a healthy, positive, confident state? Like, how did you regrow into this new woman?
2: Well, it's definitely really challenging. I I do feel like it's important to share my story as hard as it is. And, you know, I really have not talked about it a lot because I want to help other people. I mean, it has to I hope it didn't all happen for nothing. And now that I am totally out of it, I can see where I went wrong and maybe
1: the red flags that I should have looked out for and things like that. But, How about three tools? Because I feel like there are things that you physically did that people yeah. can also do. We talk do. about the oh, work, one hundred percent.
2: For okay, well, I I have a mantra that I still constantly tell myself even now when I get triggered and I know that it's because of the stuff that I went through and it's, I'm safe and secure within myself. So whatever your mantra is, everybody has a different mantra or prayer for me. I'm safe and secure within myself reminds me that I don't need anybody. I can be okay with myself and I, it's so important for me to practice that not only for myself, but for my partner and for all of my relationships. So mantras and prayer honestly, like is number one. And then number two, Journaling, yeah, I journal a lot. <laughs> Definitely, journaling has helped me transform. I mean, every day, I, I journal every day, and it—you know—you never know what you're going to like discover about yourself. But I've always been a journaler. It's kind of nerdy. And but what I, do you, what do you journal?
0: Are you writing "I am" and manifesting, or are you just kind of therapeutically, you know,
2: getting things out? Is there or is there a method to the madness at all? Not not always. Sometimes it's just. Sometimes it's goals. Sometimes it's things that I. I'm reflecting on. Sometimes it's things that are currently happening. Sometimes it's just inspired thought that I have. Sometimes, a lot of the times, it's quotes. So it can be the book I'm reading or, um, you know, a podcast I'm listening to. So anything like that. And books, that honestly, helped a lot. I love the book A
1: Return to Love by Marion Williamson. That helped me a lot. I gave her that with yeah. like highlighted pages and like <laughs> doggy-eared pages. Like, yeah, I, and I had used. That's the book I give everybody who's going through a breakup. It's such a, it's such a good one. I've read that one a lot. And then
2: I I think third, maybe just like having a good support system and leaning. You know, I I feel like I definitely close my circle more and I have a very close circle. And that's just definitely a defense mechanism in itself. But I think maybe just getting rid of toxic people in your life, being surrounded by people that you know are there to uplift you genuinely and doing things for the right reasons, having friends for the right reason. I feel like there's a lot of people out there that just have friends because they think they're going to do something for them in like a, you know, vapid way, maybe elevate them. I'm not that just I don't do that. <laughs> well,
0: and on I that can't. note, too,
2: we were just talking
0: yesterday. I've noticed you've been a little bit more quiet on social media, which I, I love for you. And you're just in this transformative state. You know, you know, pageants, that was a fate or not a, a part of your life, a chapter of your life. You did the influencer and the trips and the, the fashion shows. And now you're in kind of a new a new chapter, like maybe babies are coming soon oh and all the exciting Imagine. things, maybe <laughs> businesses. So talk about just transforming as a woman and how we're constantly evolving and the different kind of chapters that you've been through. Just a, a quick little history for our listeners. But like, where are you now? And I mean, do you know what's next?
2: Uh, I feel like I'm at a point right now and I have major social media fatigue. I just feel totally bombarded and inundated with information that I don't really want. And I'm and I just felt, you know, lately it goes through season. Sometimes I'm really inspired and I love connecting with my followers and I love posting outfits and it's just creative and fun. But other times it can be really hard to check in with yourself when you have so much noise around you. So I've just been trying to right now in this season is just focus on hearing myself and having clarity because it it's truly I don't know how sustainable is it to have constant information overload and really know how you feel about things and what's inspiring to you for the right reasons. And you know, when we want that quick dopamine hit from all the likes and whatever, did this do well, did this not do well, did somebody like this? It's like, you're pandering. You, it's hard not to pander. It's hard not to think of things in terms of, will people like this? physically. Will they double tap yeah. this? And that isn't the place that I want to be working from right now. And so I'm just kind of re- regrouping, but I'll, I'm sure
1: I'll be back. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> no, and what I'm hearing a little bit in that is that like, you are at a place now where like, you are not on that roller coaster anymore. You found true love where you feel, um, appreciated and that love reflected back to you. And so like, I would argue that maybe like that dopamine rush of having the, you know, 100,000 likes on a on a picture, like you don't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and like, not that you relied on it or needed it before, but like it doesn't, it's not something that you are, are striving for because like you have all the, you have all the love that you need like within your personal relationships. And I just also want to note that one of the things I've noticed about you with your journaling, I'm going to bring this back quickly, is just that, I think it's important when you journal so regularly and consistently like you do, like you're able to look back and see your growth actually. And for me, I remember like I was in a cycle of a bad relationship for years and I would forget like I would forget that like I was in this same spot like somebody else would have to remind me like you did the same thing, the same exact thing happened like two months ago. But like you kind of just forget when like you're in that cycle. So journaling is such a good tool also just to keep you reminded of the patterns that you're creating in your life and that you're manifesting and that you're attracting to yourself so that you can add it accordingly so listeners start journaling i will try to start myself i don't journal and i never have but also
0: just to see the growth too i think it's we we focus so much on the big long-term goal we forget the work that we put in day by day and it's a snowball effect so like to look back and recognize your growth like that's also where confidence comes from. It comes from within and being like, wow, I did this. Mm -hmm. I did the work, like, look how far I've come. And I think that's kind of where you're at now. Is, is like you were saying, I don't need validation from anyone. And I think that's the true sign of confidence.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Well, I, I, everybody, it feels good when you're validated, obviously. But I guess, like, I'm trying to recognize that and understand that that sh- – I don't want to put my value in that, which is why, you know, right.
1: I, I'm actively working because on it. It's yeah. <laughs> because it's fleeting. Okay, so, Olivia, yeah. I want to dive into something that's just a little bit more surface level because – Yeah, we know you've done the work, you're really smart, all that shit, blah, blah, blah. Um, It's all on your resume here that I could barely get through half of when I introduced you. But, okay, so, like, I went to get some filler the other day, and the doctor was like, oh, I just saw your sister. And I was like, that's so interesting because she never tells me (laughs) when she gets stuff. It had to be Sophie. I haven't Yeah, I know you haven't. But, like, I want you to just be candid for a second because let's be honest— 99.999999% 999999999 percent of women who are one making a career at being being beautiful, pushing their 30s, 40s maybe, live in LA. I mean, the odds are stacked against you that you're not doing anything to keep up the looks. Like, be real here. What kind of stuff have you done? What hasn't worked for you? Have you done something that you would not recommend other people try that you can be candid about and be like for me, I one time got um filler in my chin and it was like just the stupidest thing I ever did it like blew up and it was just like like you know like have you ever done threading have you ever done have you ever done filler in a place that didn't oh I did it in my cheeks Went horrible it was like a like a line down my face filler It filler in my cheeks yeah oh. and then I had to get it dissolved what part it of it look your cheek like she did it like she's no you know what she said was she, it, who was she, it? She, since we have like kind of like sculpted <laughs> faces no, it was a different lady who I'm not going to call her out. But like she said that you have to fill these hollow spots here. And I was like, I thought that that was like my shtick that like that's like one of my good qualities that I have high cheek. And she's like, no, but if you have to fill that, because then you that's like one of the first signs of aging when you look gaunt here. Mm-hmm. So I was like, OK, whatever. Oh, my God. It looked so bad when I smiled. I had like I don't think a lot of these like, well, she was a nurse, but like the I don't think all of them quite get like that when your face moves like the filler doesn't always move in the right spot like tell me a story of something cosmetic that you did that went wrong and then tell me something that you believe in and if you say hydration I'm going to jump across this table and (laughs) strangle you I feel feel like
2: I don't yeah I think that as far as filler Botox anything I've always been a I I think people should do whatever they want to do to be happy. I think like what do you do, bitch? I, I have no problem sharing what I do, <laughs> what do you for do? the record. <laughs> I mean, and that's the other thing with like social media and even just podcasts like this. It's like if if you talk to your friends about what you do and always would, why would you hold it? Why wouldn't you share it with your followers? Like honestly, there's no shame in. I don't, I don't think anybody should be ashamed of anything that they do. And it should be an open conversation. I think that gatekeeping is stupid. I agree with that.
1: But yeah. I'm not going to lie, as your sister, you don't speak openly about stuff when you get it done. So just tell me. I always do. You know everything I've done. I mean, I've only yes. done Spiller Maybe just to me and Sophie. No, I, think, I would never not tell I you guys i I think you get nervous about telling me about things because you think I'm going to go and like overdo it. Like I remember, oh my God, I was like 18 or 20 or something and I got my lips filled by this horrible, literally it was like probably a Groupon I had in, in Miami. This doctor took a needle and put it all the way through my top lip and I, look, I looked like a baboon. And Olivia was like, I can't believe you did this. Like I used yeah, to look it was up so to you. Bad. She was so mad was at me so bad about because She looked so sad. So looked, I think you think that if you tell me about like <laughs> a doctor like who 16. does something well, that you think I'm gonna go and like overdo it. So, well, no, I think that
2: to be honest with you, and this is gonna, this is just complete side this is, we're on, I'm on a tangent like this is you're a on topic. a
1: tangent cuz you're avoiding the question No, I
2: swear to god I'm not but the reason why I don't because I have PTSD from when you were in your like I drive a Prius and I'm a school teacher phase and just being a <laughs> jerk and would always make fun of me for wearing crop tops and every time I would get my lip or, you know I would go to Dr. Anna you weren't doing that then and you would make fun of me even no, though I know it looked thi- so good No you and think- that's what Aurora, you were yeah, judging me I know
1: that you think that that's true but I know that it's no, true It's the same you it's, made fun of me when my the lips looked beautiful. Thing. No, because they didn't. <laughs> it looked amazing. Like, it was because you were overdoing it in the same way that Sophie's overdoing it now. I think sometimes I don't think you have ever overdone it, Kristen. I've no, looked... I think they're
0: perfect. I go to her doctor. Now you, because Kristen, of
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen, over. Uh, uh, Kristen will Kristen's always on say. My son. Uh, <laughs> and and I, I, I would tell Kristen. I think Kristen, said, like right now, she's probably you can't tell, yeah, but I'm like, very and puffy. also now maybe she doesn't overdo it because this is just her at her yeah. face naturally. <laughs> yeah, she has, like, she has. But like. I, then in my opinion you don't need lip filler because your lips right now are they're super they're full. so big <laughs> like yeah. sophie our sister has big lips put some filler in her lips and then puts the filter on top so of bad, it and yeah. then i get dm's well, from people being like you need that. an intervention okay so so basically basically, the, back to
2: me stay on topic the and the that's tang- the reason why i don't tell you is because <laughs> well i would tell you now because you're a changed person now you're not mean to me about those things anymore because oh, you, you're no me. longer a school teacher and you haven't whatever okay so Anyway, so what have I had done? I go to Dr. Anna for lip filler. Obviously,
1: Kristen does yes, too. She's I love in her. Calabasas. She's amazing. I prefer. Queen oh, of not say I prefer, but I I really like Dr. Diamond for for her for, for lip I've gone to other okay. people and
0: she
1: is definitely I've gone to Dr. Yeah. Diamond for lips but If you have she's a cool like $7,000 to spend <laughs> on, on one little drop go yeah. to Dr. Diamond. I think you yeah. you can clarify
0: too because a lot of people think you've had your nose done and she oh, does yeah. have Oh, perfect nose oh, she but, does. It's, but it's not it's,
2: it's hers know. guys. Yeah maybe it's we hers. can clear up some of the rumors here yeah.
1: Have I ever had my boobs done? <laughs> she's never had her boobs done. She does have perfect boobs very perfect symmetrical nipples one of mine is bigger than the other Dr. Gavami, I'm going to talk to you about <laughs> that when you come on here. Um, Olivia's nose is 100% natural and she actually really has a forehead that doesn't move like you do, she doesn't yeah. have botox in her forehead. But what I really wanted you no, to talk well, that, about I have actually
2: I went to Vanessa Lee for Botox and she did such a good job but she just did it under my eyes so that it can like preventatively get rid of the feet. Yeah, yeah exactly
1: sorry yeah crow's feet. Is it because you saw yourself ugly cry on our show and you were like I need to do something <laughs> no, about that? honestly it's because <laughs> I'm
2: obsessed with Vanessa Lee's page and I wanted to just get an appointment with her because it takes a while she's so busy and I went there and she was like we could do we could try a little filler I would want to put a she like wanted to do a little bit of filler in the middle of my lip which is just like a different thing I've never done that before and I had an event that night so I said no but I said I'd do the Botox because I usually don't yeah. like did you
1: ever do oh what do you think about the Botox and the top lip that's lip a mistake that's a fail I've done I love it it works for oh me God. but I know it, it works, works for you, for you guys. watch like you guys go to our so show right now you. tune into HBO Max the Copa Sisters watch me in like the first two episodes on my lip I cannot move it I was drooling on myself it was so horrible okay but since I'm not able to pull it out of you organically I'm just going to ask did you ever do threading and did it ever go badly i've never done threading you never done threading and you did you never thought that it didn't work out well okay i guess we're just going to cut that part because that's a good thing to tell people don't No, do i've threading. never done threading you did. you did threading with jamie nurse jamie oh but those were like sugar threads it wasn't like yeah that's we could talk about talk
2: about because you didn't like have you ever done sugar threads i've never done that's it i'm too scared that's mm. i mean it th- just didn't literally didn't do anything
1: but, but okay yeah so i went
2: with there's jamie no but no you
1: don't have to say that because you're saying it's a fail just say one time i did sugar threading and i i it i would consider that a fail because it didn't do anything and it left a scar on my face but i don't have a scar i go to nurse jamie for
2: lasers and she this is when like goop had just come out about sugar threads and everything and i was like okay i'll try it and it didn't do anything like literally it did not do anything It, it wasn't like bad it wasn't good but I mean, we'll it's probably... not like PDO threads, like what you see on the Internet where it's like they're really lifting. It's like, yeah, that's she so did it here. You've, You've never it, like... had like a real fail, like a real yeah. cosmetic fail. OK, so I've had filler in my lips. Obviously, I've had Botox around my eyes and preventatively for my forehead, even though, yeah, I've never like moved my forehead for whatever reason. A fail for me was definitely Botox on the upper lip because, <laughs> and even though like, I don't know, nobody necessarily called me out for it, but I could just like, I could not say butter mur- <laughs> mystery. Like I could not put my lips on my <laughs> yeah. Like, and like, you can't drink out of a straw and it sucks because
1: it looks so good in pictures, but then yes. when you
2: can't talk, you look, Just, I I have a disturbing. I'm gonna show
1: a picture if I can flash to the picture for something. But I have a picture of me after I had that done, and it looks really good because what happens is you smile and this muscle is paralyzed, so like the top kind of goes up, and it just gives you like that really like full. I don't know, like it gives you like a really nice look. But then you start talking, and people are like, like, you you just see them looking at your mouth, and you're like, damn it, yeah, no. no, no. Yeah,
2: you don't want that. Another thing that I've done that I would never do ever again was a little bit, a tiny, the tiniest bit of filler to fill my smile lines. And I just, you know, a lot of people actually do really like that. I think I like that. I don't, I didn't like it. It just, it doesn't, I don't, it freaks me out, first of all, because like, what if it moves and also like too much is bad? And I don't know if you've ever seen somebody that's overdone it. It's so bad. For sure. So I just wouldn't risk it. Oh, Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, I've. I've had it like on the bridge of my nose, which evidently is very dangerous and the number one cause of going blindness in Asia because they do it there so much. So you'd have to go with like a a doctor, Anna or Dr. Diamond does it. And then he put like the littlest tip in the tip of my nose and he, it like gives Did you like, like elfy look, I really liked it. Huh. I think it's because I liked it because it looked more like your nose, like sh- like a shark nose, like really super <laughs> sharp. Um, but Olivia doesn't have filler in her, in her nose. But anyway, okay, so thank you for being candid with that. So I want to talk about, you've been so open about your
0: endometriosis journey. And I feel like you've been a true champion for that because I never heard of endo before you were diagnosed with it. And obviously you filled me in on your journey. I saw you right after your surgery. I met your surgeon, who's absolutely lovely. And now so many women are getting checked and wondering if it's happened to them. And so I really feel like you were a, kind of a pioneer on social media to say, hey, like, go get checked if you're feeling this way. It's not normal. So tell us a little bit of, quickly about the journey and what endo is, because I also want to Go into kind of your egg journey as well after that.
2: Okay. So, endometriosis is when the uterine lining, the endometrial tissue that should be in your uterus, is growing outside of your uterus. So, it can be in a ton, a ton of different places your bladder, liver, rectum, you know, ovaries. It can recapture in all different parts of your body. Everybody's different. So, that's why it's such a personal thing. And you never know. Everybody has different symptoms. Some people have pain in different areas and whatnot. And I was really passionate about sharing my story. For a number of reasons, I was trying to get diagnosis for ten years. I had really weird period symptoms, like I've never talked. Should I say where mine is? <laughs> Anal
1: bleeding. <laughs> yeah. So my that's real though. Endometriosis nope, is in
2: my like rectum area. I've never talked about that before. So anyway, it's so freaking painful. Like you have shooting pains up. It's your butt lightning, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Butt lightning. Yeah. So anyway, that's what my pain was always really, really, really concentrated in the back, and that's why people would always be like how come you don't get endo And it's just like, that's not where my endo was. My endo was in the back. And that's why it's a really sneaky disease because it could be wreaking havoc on your bladder or your liver and you might not necessarily have really painful periods, but one day you can't get pregnant and it turns out that this has been in wow. places that you didn't necessarily know. That's why it's <laughs> such a scary, sneaky thing and it's not diagnosable under anything other than a pathology test, which means that you have to get a laparoscopic surgery, get the... tissue uh, taken out and then a pathology report will tell you if it's endometriosis. I had endometriosis. Not everybody does when they do this laparoscopic thing. But so I was really passionate about it because I could not get a diagnosis and I was in so much agony. And it was just those like five hours in the bathtub working from the bath and like trying to get answers on Reddit, on YouTube, on Twitter, that finally I got the answers and the validation that I needed through the stories of other people. I went to dozens of doctors. Everybody. Nobody diagnosed me with endometriosis until it was so late and the doctor was so upset It was actually Taisali Abadi who's in Beverly Hills And she was so angry that I hadn't come sooner because I had a huge endometrioma on my ovary And at that point we didn't know about the other stuff happening in the back that happened when I got my surgery But she saw that I had a blood-filled cyst, so she was really upset Totally freaked me out because I knew that something was wrong. And it wasn't until I went online and like really saw these stories of other women advocating that I said, I'm not taking no for an answer because it's so isolating when you're when you're in pain, when you go to doctors and they're saying things to you like, are you sure? Like the things that doctors would say to me is so. It's absolutely, like take a mito. <laughs> yeah, take a mitol, or like, are you sure that the blood's coming from there? It's like, yes, <laughs>
1: like, positive How? yes.
2: He's like, wow. let
1: me let me teach you about the different holes yeah. and what they do. Yeah, it's it's like, like, no, I know well, my asshole. No, it was okay? so
2: horrible. And then another another side note: when I was going through, when I had so much pain, there was a mutual friend of mine who also had endometriosis, and I I noticed when I was doing all this research. Okay, this woman had talked about this. I need to I need to reach out to her. Like, I need help. I need to figure out who she went to. And when I inquired about getting her information from a mutual friend, like she she basically like didn't want to touch base which i felt was so unbelievably was it chrissy Teigen? no no (laughs) she i don't think she has endometriosis oh but uh no it wasn't and it it was somebody else and i was just like i was just thinking to myself why and i didn't it didn't make any sense so i've always felt such solitude solidarity, sorry. I've always felt such solidarity with this endo community. And it's just so important to stick together and to advocate for other women through your story because that's exactly what led me to to not take no for an answer. And I mean aside from debilitating pain, like it the numbers the two symptoms are infertility and painful periods. So it's like I could have it could have gotten worse. Like that cyst on my ovary could have gotten bigger and I never wow. would have known. And what's interesting too what I like that you said is
0: you kind of self-diagnosed yourself through research in a community of women speaking out and advocating for themselves. So now you, in turn, are paying it forward and advocating for other women and sharing your story. Because I had no idea endo could affect fertility. Like, I had yeah. no idea that was news to me. And it looks different for everyone. You know, like, I might have bloating and painful periods, but you might have rectal bleeding. Like, it could be totally different for every woman. So now that you are, are you healed?
2: what Where, where are you? In, are you ever healed with endo? No, you're never healed with endo, which just sucks, but there are ways that people, that you can manage it. So for me, I got the surgery, which basically they scrape out all the endometrial tissue. That's not where it's supposed to be. Take all of that out. And then they suppress the hormone that would cause your uterine lining to shed because- like, basically, you stop getting a period. So I'm on the IUD, and I don't get a period anymore, which means that that tissue that they took out is not growing, so I'm no longer in that agonizing pain because I'm not cramping from my butt anymore, basically. <laughs> and, like, I can finally, like, go through my life. And I'm so grateful for that. But, it, like, yeah, when I try to have kids, who knows? I don't know what my pregnancy will be like. I don't know what... The baby's going to come out of your butt. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I did want to talk about that because, obviously, you
0: come from a big family, and so does Christian, And do you guys talk about having a large family as well? I mean, you guys are both two stars with amazing careers. Do you guys want a large family? And I I think you were talking about on the show is maybe some sort of egg journey as well, potentially.
1: I know. Where are you guys at right there? And when are you going to put a ring on it, Christian? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, not till I get a Super Bowl ring. He's like, my ring first.
2: So uh, for me, what were you saying? Oh, with Christian, when is he going to? Propose to me. and I mean, how many honestly, kids do you want? can't we?
1: Just, I wish well, i me get could, him on speed dial. It. Hold on, one second. <laughs> let me ask him.
2: Imagine. Um, I don't really know. I know that he's. I mean, I don't know. I know that he is the love of my life. I hope I'm the love of his life. You <laughs> I know, do. you yes. are. Yes, you guys yeah, are. So I feel really grateful that I found. my, I feel like I found my person. Well, and she asked yeah. if you
1: guys are like, do you, oh, are there kids in baby. the future? and oh, how and for how many sure.
2: I mean, I definitely want to have. I want to have kids. I've always yeah. wanted to have a big family, but you see your siblings have kids and you just really, or your friends, and yeah. you're like, oh my God, this is really hard. So I don't know. I think once you have your first, <gasps> you, heard it, you yeah, have folks. a better idea of, okay, let's be realistic about this. But who knows? Some people, it's so easy for some people. Also, some people have really easy babies. Like mm-hmm. it just depends and you never know what life's going to throw at you. So I'm trying not to plan like, too concretely but i definitely know i want to start with one yeah and <laughs> potentially a large family before yeah. i had yeah. my kids she was gung ho about having six kids and now she's like mm, i've always had four or five or six Maybe i'll definitely that. not have i'll definitely have at least 3 really? i love that 100%. 100% and you guys are yeah. such a
0: solid couple i think that's like half the battle is finding a true supportive partner and you and Krishna are both that for each other in each other's careers and show up and cheer each other on and I mean they're just amazing guys like genuinely it's not just for show not just for Instagram they really oh. are so supportive I mean, and genuinely love each other those kids are gonna be
1: so regimented oh yeah. Mean, yeah between <laughs> the two of them there's gonna Dad's be gonna like, be scary yeah tell at 445 and then you have sprints up and down the, the front lawn from 730 to 830 oh can gonna have like
2: a whistle around his neck Seriously. or something like the Mr. <laughs> Blunt I'm going
1: oh I can't oh, wait gosh. to
2: see him as a dad
1: okay so um, <laughs> to wrap this up I just wanted to end with so obviously you have done many, many things in your life and have accomplished more than most people can hope to in a lifetime. But is there anybody that you look up to that you might want to emulate like your career after moving forward,
2: moving forward? Well, I have somebody that I've always really admired, which is Victoria Beckham, because I feel like she really is the woman that's done it all. I mean, she's had a singing career. She's Has multiple brands. She has a great, loving family. And I really respect the fact that she keeps family as the focal point, but she's been able to do so much. Can you imagine? She invented the little black dress. I know. And she's so iconic. (laughs) She's such a fashion icon. And also she's continued to reinvent herself so gracefully. That's so hard to do. So, I admire her for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. And I, she's always been a fashion icon to me. Did <laughs> you <laughs> meet her at Paris Fashion Week recently?
1: Yeah, I have. That's her that's her cool.
2: hairstylist
1: does my hair. That's so, we basically are the same. <laughs> <laughs> We're oh so basically God. best friends. Yeah, are so basically best friends. So I'll let her know when I see her <laughs> sometime.
0: <laughs> well, Olivia, I know she's your role model, but you are a role model to so many women. So thank you for being so candid, so vulnerable. I think I've learned so much. And our listeners are going to take away a ton from relationships, relationship advice to confidence growth
1: to... Filler to—I mean, you to need it and of it. Uh, everything. You and I so do—I do joke, but Olivia, even though she is younger than me, Olivia is somebody that I look up to as well. Aww. She Aww. is I look up to you too. The- her work ethic and her um, tenacity. I mean, I know people think she's just a pretty face, but like you don't get to her level just by taking pictures and posting them on the internet. I mean, she, this is a grind day in and day out. And she is somebody who puts her head down and works. And I'm glad that I get to ride your coattails for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) I look up to you too. Thanks. (laughs)